Yeah, so oh. Michael, <laughs> I can see that your uh, your your backdrop is the uh, animated series crew, but it's reversed, uh, just the way the the zoom is set up. And I think it's funny, just a little anecdote. The very first draft of the um, of the layout I got from uh, Christoph, who's on the call with us, uh, had had some of the some of the um, art was backwards too. And it was just it was just it took me a second to look at it because I was going through the layout draft. And I was like something something like in the back of my head something wasn't wasn't right and I couldn't <laughs> quite figure it out. And I had to stare at the page for like thirty seconds ago. What am I missing here? Oh, the the things are on the wrong side. So we, that was that was one of the early <laughs> notes. But the, That's so really good. Your backdrop made me think of it. <laughs> yeah, now I'm looking at the cover, and so I'm glad you caught that because I'm looking at the cover of the Star Trek Adventures animated series supplemental guide, which we're talking about here tonight. Ooh. Hey, Yay. hey, everyone. <laughs> of course, I, I'm Michael. Smuke, uh, one of the hosts here on Continuing Conversations, where we talk about everything Star Trek Adventures and Captain's Log uh, Solo RPG. I'm also a blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for both of those products. I'm a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures. And of course, it's my pleasure to be here tonight with Jim Johnson. Hey, everybody, it's Jim Johnson. I am the project manager and line editor for the Star Trek Adventures RPG and the Captain's Log Solo RPG, both published by Modiphius Entertainment. Low these many years going on. Uh, we're, we're into year seven now. Our, our, our seven year mission is uh, is uh, season seven. On. We're about to hit year eight here pretty soon. So just uh, chugging right away here. And uh, I am, as always, super excited to have an all star cast with us tonight to talk about the Star Trek animated series supplemental guide. Uh, I, we are fortunate to have everybody, every, everybody except the proofreader. I think everybody, everybody who worked on it in significant fashion, um, is here. So without more ado, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll just work my way around the clock and, uh, have everybody introduce themselves. Uh, Fred and Aaron, you've both been on the show before. So for Aaron and Christoph, we have a tradition here on the show. When you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, of course, but also give us your, uh, your favorite Star Trek series and your favorite Star Trek captain. And if you would like to expound upon why those, uh, those answers are your answers, we always appreciate that too. We want to get to know a little bit more about the, the person behind the screen as it were. So uh, first person clockwise on my screen is Aaron Harvey. Introduce yourself, please. Hey, I'm Aaron Harvey. And let's see, my favorite, I'm going to take TAS off the plate because it's just, at this point, it's, it's, it's in my DNA. I can't like say if it's favorite or not. You know, um, I really love Voyager and Captain Janeway is my favorite captain. Yeah, it's, it's it's comfort <laughs> show. It's like it was the first show that was filming when I moved to Los Angeles. And so people, you know, it was actively working on it. And I had a friend who was a, uh, a script runner who would like run things in and just drop them off and see them, the, the crew doing their things and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was that was my favorite part. Awesome. And Aaron, uh, aside from being one of the key writers on the uh, uh, animated series supplement and also the co-author of the Star Trek official guide to the animated series, what else have you been working on? Uh, I have been working on the official style guide for Star Trek, the animated series. So um, if you see like things like the Kirk is a jerk shirt. <laughs> um, I need that so bad. <laughs> like some of the pins and stuff like uh -huh. this is all stuff that I worked on. In fact, a lot of the artwork from that is in this supplement. And yeah. related to what you were saying when we first came on, I was going to make versions where they're flipped because filmation would do that, where it's just you just flip it over and move the badge. So you could put it either way. I just did not have time to get to that point. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Fred, introduce yourself, please. Hey guys, uh, pleasure to be uh, back on the show talking with you guys again. Hopefully my internet connection holds up this time. There's always a chance it won't. But uh, uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm Fred Love. I have worked on a number of Star Trek Adventures products and supplements over the years. It's been a great pleasure to do so. I grew up watching The Next Generation. That was my first Star Trek show. So Captain Picard is my favorite captain. The Enterprise D is my favorite, uh, not only uh, Star Trek ship, but my favorite uh, spaceship and all of, of, of science fiction. Um, and uh, probably, uh, uh, Jim, you got me under an NDA, so I can't really talk about the most recent thing I've been working on. But uh, but I, with that mysterious tease, I will pass on to the next guy. All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Fred. Appreciate it. Uh, Christoph, introduce yourself, please. 
Uh, yeah, hi, I'm, I'm Christoph. Uh, I'm a freelance uh, tabletop game and graphic designer. Uh, I That's it. That's all I had to say about that. Uh, Star Trek favorite series. I'm going to agree with Fred. Uh, Next Generation as well. Also Jean-Luc, uh, because that's, I don't know, that's the one I watched the most uh, growing up, and that's the one that's it's most nostalgic for me, I guess, even though it's, you know, not for most people. Uh, and, uh, yeah, was I supposed to say something else? I guess I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Christoph, as long as as long as we're focused on you for the moment, um, uh, other than the animated series PDF and a couple of uh, Star Trek Adventures uh, standalones and or mission briefs, what else have you had an opportunity to work on? Other stuff at Modifius? Uh, yeah, I, I have. I'm not allowed to talk about most of it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't, I couldn't remember what <laughs> you've been you working all. on. Thank you um, all for tuning into our show where we can't talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, well, the, it's a very much, short show. I think only <laughs> a couple of them are, are we'll out. Have to do, so we'll like have to do a special not. NDA show at some time. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just kind of like sitting here. <laughs> uh, well, great, Christoph. Thanks so much for, uh, for introducing yourself. Appreciate it. And, uh, Aaron, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Aaron P. Oh yeah! Hi, I'm uh, I'm Aaron Pellier. I'm a longtime freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures. I'm really excited to be here. It's been a while since I've been on the show, I guess, and it's exciting to see everyone again. Uh, I'm I'm the guy that tends to work on the science, starships, technology bits. That's the hole that I have fallen down through in my entire life. So that's uh, that's me. Hopefully, not a bad hole to be in, right? No, no, no. I enjoy it there. There and are worse holes to be in. Truth, truth. All right. So, Michael, that covers the introductions. I think we should uh, just jump right on into the... Uh, well, I want to add one thing, though. I, I want to add one thing because I noticed on the credits page, I'm on the credits page in, in the supplement, and I thought it was so cool that one of the credits went to BC Homes. Mm-hmm. And is this the first time you put B, a credit to BC Homes? If it's not the first time, it's pretty darn close because I think somewhere somewhere in the early summer when uh, we we had her on the show... And uh, we interviewed her and um, I was working through a bunch of products and a bunch of layouts. And I was staring at the, I mean, of course, I do a lot of my work in the middle of the night and I was staring at the credits page, you know, just doing the the editing and stuff. And I looked at it and I was like, we, we, we just had a recent chat with BC and I was like, you know what? I, I don't think I've ever thought to put BC in the credits page. And um, it seemed like a no brainer to do it. And I, and I kicked myself for not having done it like two years ago. Uh, so so I, I, she's, she's in this one for sure. And I'm pretty confident I've updated every layout after this one to include it as well. And I'm going to do that just for every, I mean, just fair warning, BC, you're going to be in every single product now until we don't do this anymore. Well deserved. For uh, those of you who don't know, maybe tuning in for the first time and you're new to the Star Trek Adventures Captain's Log world, BC Holmes is uh, one of the main managers of the uh, Star Trek Adventures character and ship creation app, which is mind-blowing. And I really sincerely believe the game would not be where it is at today if it was not for BC's work. So really uh, I thought that was really classy for you. Yeah, do. well, thanks. I appreciate that. And I appreciate everything BC does. I, like that character builder is amazing when she inherited it. And then she has taken it to like the next, next level because there's just so much new cool stuff that's been added to it over the months and years. So I uh, uh, want to give absolute credit where credit is due. And uh, that being said, I do also want to say uh, there were two people that I couldn't get on the show uh, either because the time zones are just kind of chicanery or whatever. Um, I want to make sure I thank the proofreaders, uh, Charlie Knight, who's been doing a ton of stuff for STA. You haven't, you haven't seen a lot of it because proofreader does their job very quietly and very well. Uh, so Charlie Knight's been doing a ton of work for STA and then, uh, Virginia, uh, Virginia Garcia McShannock, uh, who, uh, has, has, had, was with Medivivis for a long time and then switched over to freelance. Uh, she's doing a lot of STA proofing for me as well. And you'll see, you see both of their names pop up in a lot more credits here in the coming months. Uh, cause, uh, I, they do good work and I keep them busy. So I appreciate both of them. So I want to make sure they get credited because they, they couldn't be with us tonight. Nice. Well, so my first question is actually to you, Jim. I know, no, you know, we're going to talk to everyone here who is creators, <clears throat> but this was a boon. I mean, I can't tell you how excited I was to see the animated series get its own supplemental guide. So can you talk to us a little bit about that approval process? Were you worried? How long has it been on, ha- had it been on the table? I, I want to hear about that. I think a lot of people are interested. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So, um, of course, I, I started working on the game in 2016, right, as just a, as a writer. And then I rapidly graduated myself as an editor and an art director and just everything else. Whatever they needed, I, I, I made myself available. Um, and at some point in like 2017, right. And in fact, I think it was right after Gen Con. 
um because i was still just a writer and an editor um i took it upon myself on the drive home from from gen con to uh, take a journal and i just started writing out all the different products that i wanted to work on for sta whether it as a writer or an editor just like this long long list and uh by the time i got home there was like 120 entries on that <laughs> and one of them was like i would love to do an animated series supplement of some sort i had no idea what it looked like we were barely even doing pdfs at the time uh so it was just like just new starting to get figured out and um i held on to that list it, i didn't get any traction with it but in um in 2019 two things happened uh number one uh, Medifius made me the project manager of sta which was big because that gave me the opportunity to look at it in a different light and to start greenlighting some of those projects that i had had uh, written for a long time uh but then also in 2019 the uh the aforementioned um uh, official guide to the animated series came out written co-written by aaron and i looked and i and i bought this thing off of amazon immediately and as soon as i got it in the mail i devoured it uh like over two long nights i just read the whole thing cover to cover twice and uh and the light bulb went off and i said i've got to do and now we can do an animated series um you know a supplement of some sort and you know this was what 2019 i put a little asterisk next to my my product wish list and said if there's any way i can get aaron and or uh, rich involved it would be a huge win because like they're the experts on tas um and then had you met you know, aaron i had asked did you had I, you met aaron before no okay. I, I didn't i didn't had no idea um and then right after 2019 of course the pandemic hit everything went sideways for a long long time um and then finally uh late no it must have been the fall of last year so 2022 um, I finally got all my ducks in a row. I got the feasibility study approved. Uh, but if he was like, yeah, go forth and do it. Because by that point, we had done year five, uh, the year five supplement, and we'd done a bunch of PDFs. So I had a good track record of of sales figures and um, uh, justification behind me to say, you know, I think we could do an animated series and I think it'd be popular. And oh, by the way, the 50th anniversary is coming up. So if we're going to do it, this year is the year to do it, right? <laughs> um, and then I reached out to, uh, I think I reached out to Dayton, uh, Dayton Ward, because uh, he's the, he's my, he's my like little side Rolodex of Star Trek. Um, like, like if I can't get the information from my, my Paramount contacts, I'll go to Dayton and say, Hey, look, Dayton, do you know, you know, you know, do you know, uh, you know, do you know Aaron Harvey? Do you know, uh, uh Jeff Mandel? Do you know these people? Uh, cause he, cause he works, you know, he freelances for, paramount and he knows a lot of people that i don't and he's been able to make a, a lot of great introductions so i'm pretty confident it was dayton who got me into um aaron's um bandwidth and i reached out to aaron and uh aaron take it from there i think i reached out and said please 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 work on this <laughs> and uh and you were available so uh yeah i was i was super excited about it and i think it was before i knew that i was going to be doing the um yeah the uh style guide Mm -hmm. So as soon as I got that, though, it was like, oh, wow, this can I can kind of dovetail the two and and make both of them better by kind of combining the art. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Also a little nerve wracking because it stretched into like July and August. So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I was super excited. I I've always wanted to work on an RPG. I've kind of been RPG adjacent, essentially, like I and uh, Elisa Pearl and Bonnie Garden are my good friends. So it's also like, OK, awesome. I've watched them do this for years now. Um, so I was super excited and I was like also nervous because I was like, I don't want to mess this up. I don't want to have some fan come in. It's like, well, it was fun to play until you did X, you know, or something <laughs> like that. So. But no, I, I was just I was excited because, you know, you get beta cannon, you can kind of play around with it a little bit more than a regular, you know, direct, you know, alpha sh cannon show or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I, I was very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And uh, uh, Fred, uh, refresh us on uh, how, how did we get you involved? I, I know I reached out to you fairly early on in the in the cycle as well. Yeah, so I helped out with the writing of the Year 5 supplement, the IDW comic book series. And I think that in a lot of ways, that was sort of a, a blueprint for what we did with the, the animated series. Uh, P, you know, it's a PDF product. Uh, we've got some existing art assets. The the style and the look is going to be really important. And then just the... the um, the the content i think was really similar to, to year five in the sense that we had uh npc statistics we had um new life path options essentially taking the coolest bits from the animated series or the year five comic book series and then making that stuff playable and mechanical for the game so um in that sense it was a really um the, the experience that i had on the year five 
uh, product was really applicable to what we did on on the animated series. So we, we sort of had a template to go off of, and, and that laid the groundwork for for what eventually became the animated series uh, supplement. And of course, I've been I've been a big fan of you know the animated series is such a, a weird and wild and unique corner of the Star Trek universe that I was just thrilled to be able to to get to work on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then, of course, Aaron, you know, you, you're our uh, you're our clutch for science and technology and uh, starships. And uh, having wa- having rewatched the uh, animated series, uh, right like right after I reached out to Aaron, um, I, I fired up the animated series and watched it over the course of like a week and a half or something. And I was like, there's so many weird ships and things in here. Yeah. We've got to find a way to just dump as many of them as possible into the product. So uh, but what was your perspectives when I reached out to you to get you involved in the uh, in the product? Um, I was immediately thrilled that I could start playing with a lot of interesting things from that, from the animated series, but also tie in like like it's already been said from Beta Canon. Um, especially uh, the the one thing that just immediately jumped out to me, and I was like, oh, I really have to write about this is the 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 Romulan D seven that we see in in the show, and and how how it's always been rumored about the whole Klingon Romulan. Um, technology trade and i've already written about that in a few other books i've hinted at it at least so i started really putting together all these little bits and bobs that have appeared in beta canon or i've tried to like rationalize myself throughout the years by having uh by tying the animated series into to further shows so yeah i just i went through the episodes and and said okay well what what makes a lot of sense that we have to include um and it would be fairly easy to fill up a good 50 pages just with the technology that we see in the show, but got to limit myself. I have to limit myself and we had to choose, pick and choose what might be the most useful for players mm-hmm. or the, the things that would appear in, in, in most typical games. Mm-hmm. I was just so happy you had the life support belt. That's all that mattered <laughs> to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the life yeah, support that, belt that. was really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's in the first episode, right? I mean, we had to have it. We had to yeah. have it. In, I, 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 I can't wait to see someone put in one of the live actions. I'm really hoping Strange New Worlds finds a way to work it in. That would be magic. <laughs> well, you know, you could almost argue that the the time when uh, Una and. Um, oh, now I'm forgetting her name. Oh, yeah, you're right. They were on. They were out on the hull of the ship. Yeah. We just didn't see the glow around them is right. all. But it's it's most likely that they had life support belts on of some see, sort. See, I like you, Aaron. You pick up this stuff. But <laughs> I, I bet if I bet you if we looked back at it, we wouldn't see any belts on them. But it would make sense if they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Aaron, you, you touched on one thing, uh, which I thought was interesting. And I wanted to get everybody's perspectives before we bring uh, Christoph into the into the timeline here. Um, I know that, you know, collectively we had our uh, we had our outline and we had our Google Doc and we were going back and forth. And we spent probably, I don't know, six weeks or more on that outline, just adding, 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 adding stuff to it. And like, what can we do? What can we do? What can we fit in here? And uh, I know my initial word count budget for the project just got blown away because I was like, there's there's just there's more stuff in this outline than we can possibly pack into here. So we need to start getting selective. Um, but the, even then, you know, um, we added a lot to that outline. And then you all started writing and I started getting your manuscripts. And I was like, oh, this stuff is so good. I just don't want to cut it. So I, w- I went back to the budget and uh, did a little uh, little tinkering with the numbers, a little, little uh, immoral mathematics. <laughs> Michael will appreciate that. And um, unorthodox mathematics. Unorthodox, excuse me. Immoral mathematics <laughs> is from, uh, is from, um, uh, uh hell on wheels sorry uh but i i adapted it for that focus uh way back when so anyway unorthodox mathematics found a way to fit more of the stuff in and um and you know of course it's it's what's in the product now but i'm curious and I, i'll be the first to admit um and i've said this before on other shows that that like when i finish a product and it's in the bag and it's done and I'm on to the next one, like my brain purges completely. And I forget everything that I worked on, um, on this particular product and I'm on to the next thing. So maybe collectively the three of you will remember like, like what was the one cool thing that you came up with in your outline that we ended up having to cut? Now, I, you know, I feel bad cause like we had to cut it, but mm. like, was there, was there something that you really wish we had included in here that we just didn't have the room to do? And whoever wants to start first is fine. I, I think I really wanted to see the the slaver weapon, which I know that was like it was it was a, a matter of space. And also it where however you did, it might be overpowered. Yeah. So that was uh, 
But that was something I really, and I know a lot of people have asked about it too. It's like, why isn't it in here? Because the the episode uh, Jihad was also another one that it, basically it's a D&D party. So there, you know, the, maybe the land cruiser from there is the other thing that I, I wanted to put in there, uh, but yeah. did not. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would have just kept writing. That's that's the problem. <laughs> it's like I would have done these. You didn't have to ask. <laughs> well, Jim knows my rule. If it didn't fit in the book, you can always put it on continuing missions or blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think I think you're right, Aaron. We could have probably made this thing, you know, 120 pages, and we still wouldn't have completely covered the entirety of the animated series. Just do a supplement for the supplement, <laughs> <laughs> part two. Yeah, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron P. Fred, any anything that you can remember that uh, that we had to cut? I would I would agree completely with Aaron when he mentioned the the episode Jihad, where they they basically have like an entire party of of adventurers, and they're all you know they kind of have their own skills that they bring to the adventure, and so it would have been nice to have gotten every single member of that kind of adventure party, um, um, and I think we only got one or two, so uh, yeah, those got left on the cutting room floor. I think that there would be room to to go back and revisit those. Yeah, yeah, okay, interesting, Aaron. I, I think most of everything that I had in uh, made it in, but we consolidated things that could have been split apart, but it would have been strange to. And I, I say that with like the the section that is on um, pocket universes. And there, there's multiple times in in the animated series where they end up in some sort of strange other realm that could have been split apart into very detailed sections, but it would have also been a lot of similar game mechanics or similar descriptions of how bubbles of space time work. So I, I thought, Oh, let, let's just combine it all into the catch all pocket universe mm-hmm. and, and try to make a, a broad generalization about these. Mm-hmm. Got it. Nice. Yep. So, uh, so anyway, I got, I got all your great manuscripts and uh, had to do the hard cuts on some things, but, uh, try to keep it. I tried to keep as much as I could in there. And, uh, like I said, you know, went through the budget, made sure we could fit it all and, uh, went off to Paramount Paramount. Um, I don't remember them having a lot of comments, just minor stuff, really uh, a couple of typos. And just, uh, just a reminder that we couldn't use certain likenesses, uh, just because of, uh, estates and, and rights issues, but we were aware of those already, partly because we had Aaron on the inside, right? You were already doing the style <laughs> yeah, guys. Right. You already had the inside yeah, track yeah. and you have all the backstory for everything anyway, because you're so well plugged into the, into the history of the animated series and, you know, Star right. Trek in general. What do you mean by that, by the way? Can I just ask? I'm curious. You said can't use certain likenesses. Like, what does that mean? Uh, well, so, uh, you know, there's a couple of actors who have, you know, passed on and and the estate that manages their their, you know, acting career and their likenesses, like their faces and stuff. Um, some of those like some of those estates have restrictions on how and if their 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 talent can be used visually in a, in a product. And Even if so, they're animated <laughs> and if they're especially whether they're animated or live action in some cases. Wow. Um, I didn't know so, and so that's why if you look through the, 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 the guide, there are certain characters that we did not include a picture for. And that is because we did not have the rights to use their likeness in a, in a product. And, uh, can you um, state who those are just to satisfy my curiosity? I, I mean, I don't think it's any secret or anything, but, yeah. uh, um, uh, 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 mud and the two Aprils, uh, in this way, and, uh, Cyrano Jones, uh, the, those, the estates of those actors did not, do not want Paramount to be using their likenesses in, um, in stuff. Well, the uh, Aprils was more because of Strange New Worlds and it's a different actor yeah. that uh, looks very different. And it was like, let's not even try and figure out how we would sense. do yeah. that. So, yeah. That's so cool. Thank you for that. I, I like those little Easter eggs. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hollywood works. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, on a, on a tangential note, it's the same reason we can't use certain uh, uh, starships artwork um, in, in our books, because there are certain estates that made starship artwork back in the 70s that kind of became like secondary canon, but in a lot of that, a lot of fans' heads, it's primary canon because it's all kind of modeled together. Um, but because of rights issues, we can't use certain starships uh, like the Hermes and the Saladin. Um, we accidentally got the Hermes into Utopia Planitia, uh, but then Paramount, you know, let us know uh, we can't use that moving forward because of the uh, the estate of uh, Franz Joseph, um, which is fine. You know, it's just like we we have to respect that, and uh, you know, we we did our mea culpa for Utopia Planitia, but moving forward, we made some adjustments, uh, which is why if you if you look in Captain's log, you'll see that there's a, a scout type ship in the uh, in the stats. Mm-hmm. 
but we had to remove the artwork and then we just changed Hermes to Scout. And I mean, it's the same ship stat wise, but uh, we just had to be careful not to use the. Um, uh, the yeah, the and I think stuff. I think the Saladin going forward would be referred to as a different name as well. Like I, I think at least in my notes somewhere, I have it just written as Destroyer or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And uh, so far, Strange New Worlds hasn't revealed what their single nacelle ship looks like. And, you know, so if we get the license to Strange New Worlds, maybe we can use it then. But, you know, who, who knows when that'll be probably another year, two years, depending on how things shake out with the next uh, the next season. Like, I don't know if we're going to get season three in uh, 2024 or not. But anyway, that's digressing. Thank you. Thank you for letting me send you down that rabbit hole. That was yes. the second allowed <laughs> hole today. Oh, there you go. <laughs> anyway, back to the animated series. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we got the uh, we got the manuscript back and uh, got you know all the little amends fixed and ready to go, and then it went over to layout. And uh, and Christoph, you'd been with Modifius for a f- at least a few months. I'm not sure when you started working with Modifius. You have to tell us about that. But um, you got the you got the short straw to work on uh, the animated <laughs> series. <laughs> so uh, I mean, did you have any reaction? I mean, I, I think if I remember right, you're you're a bit of a Star Trek fan. But like, did you have any particular reaction to realizing what you'd be uh, working on? Yes, uh, I was very excited, especially when I saw the mock-ups that Aaron did. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, it's like their other books, but also it's so much cooler." <laughs> 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 uh, that was my main reaction. Uh-huh. Uh, how long have I been working? I guess it was at that point only like a month or so. Okay. Uh, yeah, I haven't been doing stuff for them that long. Um, the first, I think the first one was the, uh, children of the wolf one that I worked on with you. Okay. I was like the first one. So that was, yeah. One of the standalones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah one of the standalones. I, I want to ask a question since now we're, you know, going into the graphic design piece of it. I, I am impressed and I want to hear from everybody here about it. You know, when I was growing up, you know, in the, in the, blah 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 years and i was a young kid watching the animated series you know back then you're like oh the animation's not that great i I prefer transformers but then as we get older what is it about it that now like this art style is so classic so fun so rewarding i I don't know i like this is in my opinion is one of the best design books and we have some utopia planitia is great i know i love the design of this but this one here when it popped out what what is it is it are we getting old or is are we just having an art revival i mean what's going on i want i want your take on that maybe we start with christoph on that I mean, you should probably, you should probably start with Aaron on that, honestly, because <laughs> most of it, I mean, he did the, all the, all the, uh, yeah, the, I guess, I don't know if, re- rev- uh, revived or the new art that was, uh, in there, I, I believe was by, by Aaron. It was so, yeah. so cool. Uh, so many options, so much to put in there. I had so much trouble deciding what went in there. And I think the only, fe- the first, one of the first feedbacks I got from Jim was that there needed to be more triples everywhere. Uh, but uh, <laughs> more triples <laughs> everywhere. Put them everywhere. Oh, there's a gap right there. Put a triple there. <laughs> mm-hmm. We actually thought about doing that in our book. Like as the, you get further the, the triple chapter, you just see uh-huh. more and more, and we're just like, uh, okay, we're already. <laughs> every page is different and I painted myself into a corner by not doing like a template. So uh-huh. I'm like, okay, let's not make it in worse. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, no, the, all the artwork is original. And I think part of it is just that it's the hand done, the hand drawn feel. It's like, mm-hmm. you look at lower decks, I do this as a comparison with somebody. It's like all the lines are exactly even all the way around the figure. It's not bad. It looks great. And in fact, when I talked with the people from filmation, they're like, we would have done it that way if we could have. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and putting the key light or in a drop shadow or something to give it a little bit more pop, but they at the speed that they were going and the technology they had, they just couldn't. But there's something that it it just feels so it's artsy. There's something about it like the backgrounds look really beautiful. They're painted and you know it it isn't like the Flintstones where it just keeps one thing keeps repeating. They just do one really long image and then move across it. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's what the appeal is part of that is just the, the craftsmanship. Yeah. I guess that's what it is, is it's, uh, I, I want you to talk a little, I've heard about it on other shows, you know, listening to different podcasts about the speed at which they had to produce this. <clears throat> so what were the, some of the cheats they had to do? Because we do, it's fun growing up catching all the mistakes that were made right. too. That became part of the joke, right? Yeah. So it's, maybe you want to talk in case people aren't familiar with that part sure. of the animated series. 
uh, some of the mistakes weren't mistakes. That's the other thing. It's like there are only so many layers on a animation cell that you can have before everything starts getting kind of murky and yellow and dark and changing all the colors behind it. So when there's a lot of movement going on, you have to kind of decide, okay, there's this extra layer that we have to, we have to ditch something. Let's take Scotty's legs out and hope that nobody sees that they're, you know, like kind of not quite there at the bottom of the screen. A lot of people didn't. I mean, you, it was 1973. You didn't, watch a re- you may be able to watch a rerun but you weren't going to go back and rewind your vcr right, so, right. you know it was just the, so those those were definitely uh some of those were done on purpose and then of course there's also just the mistakes there's there's an episode where uh christine chapel is opening a door and one sleeve is red and everything else is blue <laughs> so she's got like but i think it was i you know they had like six weeks or something like that to do the artwork a lot of times they the shortcuts they they did they have these photocopies of like different actions so when you see them run they're running the same way so, they, so that's just it's almost like a macro in a computer like just a, a repeat sort of thing and, well, but done yeah. manually well, what builds my confidence about it is that I know some people have emulated the animated series for mm-hmm. uh, TNG and for Voyager. And yes, I, I would love to see great. a whole series like that. They could have done lower decks like it. And I think we would have all bought it. I really wanted to see a lower decks time travel crossover with TAS because I thought that would be easy. And then, <laughs> Oh, they did it with Strange New Worlds. OK, that was a lot harder. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. But maybe someday. Who knows? That would be cool. Actually, we played with a couple ideas and. It was one of those things that Mike McMahon's like, I can't hear them from you because I don't, you don't, you're not a WGA writer. And if you tell me and I end up doing it, I will get in trouble. <laughs> so oh. it's like, okay. So Aaron my ideas Fred, to myself. Yeah. Aaron or Fred or Jim, anything about the nostalgia of the art, especially Aaron, for those who can't see, he has Kukulkan, Kukulkan in the background of his. Yeah, no, I, I think the art style and kind of what we see in TAS works really well because it is an extension of TOS in a lot of ways. There's the simple colors that lend themselves to animation anyway. Like you have your, your, your colors of your uniforms, you have brightly colored aliens in a lot of ways. Um, You have brightly colored space effects these all sort of lend themselves to animation even before they're animated. And then you can update them just a little bit, just a little bit, add a little more pop into, into the colors. Like at the bottom of, of the PDF pages, you'll see the control panels with your, your little uh, Jolly Rancher buttons, right? But they're more colors than what we normally would see in TOS. So it makes it come out a little bit more. Um, and I, I love that because, I mean, the old TOS buttons are, are kind of based on a lot of World War II vessels and their control panels. I mean, I, I was just on a submarine that had a functioning, um, a, a functioning control panel, and it looked just like a TOS control panel. And if you update that, put more colors in, put a little more display detail in it, that's what it comes out to be. And so TO, TAS is nostalgia yes but it's nostalgia not because of tas it's an addition ts and tos i'm yeah. sorry well, if that send me, send, me, no and send me a picture of that submarine panel i know you took one. Oh so yeah 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 i'm yeah, dying yeah. to see it now we'll do fred what about you yeah i i would just echo everything that aaron just said that it, it builds off of the the characters the sets the ships that we know and love from the original series which just shows them in these bright beautiful animated colors um you know i I think a part of the magic is just uh seeing those things that we're so familiar with in in animation and and when you know i think when you watch the animated series the movement the the running uh that that um aaron mentioned it does look kind of cheap it does look kind of goofy but the stills look beautiful but again i think i think that's part of the love of it is that you know, owning that animation style too, where I really want to see it emulated more. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Like six lines makes you like, oh, it's James T. Kirk. Like, you know, somehow it's like they they don't have a lot to m- get you to like know what it is. And it's it's kind of impressive in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if it's a, I, not, not, to, not to sound like an old guy, but, uh, you know, we grew up with, hand-drawn animation and and handmade special effects like in movies like you know so you know star trek the motion picture star wars those were models right those were models built by hand 
with with you know um glue and and kit bashing and all that stuff and 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 to see that and then compare it to like modern cgi and modern effects and the, the way things are done now like like there, it's got to be something subconscious in your in, in your brain or in your eyes that you, you see hand-drawn animation or you see handmade special effects and and models on the screen it just feels more real right it just at least in my head it just feels more natural and realistic as opposed to something that's been built by a computer even though the like modern cgi is just fantastic and it looks amazing and has that beautiful polish to it but like there's just something a little just a little bit gritty and, and a little more realistic feeling when you're looking at the animated series and you're looking at star trek and star wars and that, that kind of stuff and it's like yeah this feels it feels authentic and i, I think that's something that i really appreciate about uh, about all the art you put in here, Aaron, because it just fit. It just fit so good. It fits fit so well into like we were able to put some of the stills from this episodes, and even though those are, those are fairly dated at this point, and they haven't done an HD upgrade on any of them or anything, but uh, like Fred was saying, like the stills are really like most of the stills are really nice and clean when you're looking at them in isolation, um, and then you bring in all that new art that you built uh, for the for the um, style guide and for us, it just it just looks great all together. The uh, they did upgrade the the print. It's to the oh, when it they? went to okay. yeah when it went to Blu-ray or whatever. So it's whatever you originally saw on Netflix when it was streaming there. They brought that over, so it is a lot sharper oh, okay. and and cleaner. Oh, okay. um, well, I, I stand corrected then. <laughs> yeah, that's a, do you we have also the original cells? I do actually. What I have, I just put one here just in case. But this is the very first holographic image ever seen in Star Trek. Oh wow! This is when they they turn on the wreck deck and. They decide they go to the beach. Now we're going to go to go to uh, the forest. And so they, it changes. But that's awesome. So that's bh. I was just like, I have to get that. It was nine dollars on eBay or something like that. That's the original. You wanted stuff. a random background of a water, I guess. You know? I'll give you 10. For, I'll give you 10 for it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Aaron, that's the original cell. Yeah. It, oh well, it's gosh. a background. It's not a that cell. Is so this cool. is the this is I think it might be the only background. No, I have two backgrounds, but this one is it's actually, you know, oh, it's man. bored and. Okay, but, uh, how, how could you how could you resist not framing that? <laughs> it was framed. I actually took it apart oh. to, to take it to CBS. <laughs> oh, okay, got it, got it. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that fascinates me. Like, it makes me wonder. Like, I'm, I don't, I don't live in California. I don't live anywhere near LA. But I have to wonder, like, how many, how much amazingly cool stuff is in somebody's house somebody's garage <laughs> like some somebody's random garage that's walked off the set after a series ends whether it's star trek or another series or something and like where, where are the gold mines of all this random stuff that's just out there somewhere right i, just, I, I I'd love I, to i mean anecdotally i had a friend growing up who was a big collector he was older than me he was one of my dad's friends and he had an original charlie mccartney doll <laughs> that he had got i mean oh, wow. he he was just wow. he was an avid collector yeah of stuff it was crazy amazing Amazing. One thing I did like out getting was uh, it was on eBay. I didn't win it, but I got the information. It was an original color chart that had like you know picture of Uhura painting to like all like mm. the different skin tones and all this stuff. I'm just like this is amazing. And then I realized they don't have the numbers don't correspond to anything. So I'm like this doesn't really do me any good. And then my friend who worked at Filmation said, "Oh, they never changed that. Here's the code." And so wow. I was super excited. Almost was able to go down and talk to the people get the paint. But it closed three months before our project. And, oh. besides, yeah. and besides your book, Aaron, that came out in 2019, the one that you co-wrote, is there any other comprehensive compilation of TAS that you know of? Like, I think the, yeah, the closest thing would be um, was the Concordance by, um, uh, oh my gosh, my brain is... Uh, the Trembles? Yes, thank you, B.J. Trimble. Um, the, they had sketches and draw, uh, drawings of the episodes, and they had the episode um, description and a little bit of like a mini encyclopedia. So it was, I think that's the only other one at that time that was that even covered it because when there's a whole stuff around it, but basically Gene was convinced that he wouldn't be taken seriously if he was connected to a cartoon so for a period of time he's just like oh this isn't canon i disown that although he can't do that because it was on screen <laughs> so you know he tried to do that to star trek 2 and like other things that didn't happen either um but uh so they they you know told the okudas no we don't ever want to see this in the star trek encyclopedia except for yesteryear because parts of that are uh, things that we've used basically but interesting 
Yeah. So, so here's the question. So Aaron, Aaron H and, and, and Christoph, especially, uh, cause I want to get your graphic design, both of your collective graphic design inputs. Uh, I think doing that kind of research project where you're, you're going down into the weeds or you're digging into the archives and you find those original colors and those original color values, like over the last, I don't know, five years or so, as I've been the project manager for STA, like that's the kind of stuff I really love discovering or finding or getting from Paramount. Cause that's something I like to give to the, to the designers and say, Hey, you know, you're working on the layout for this book, or you're working on the origination for this design or whatever. Here's the original Pantones, or here's the original RGB yeah. values. Can you use these? Is there any way we can fold them into the layout somewhere so that a fan looking at it subconsciously, maybe might pick up on the fact that we're using the same colors. Like, is that something that you get, you guys geek out over or get into, or uh, what's your thoughts on that? I certainly do. Yeah, yeah, the answer is definitely yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really cool. I mean, you sent yeah the 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 palette for just not only just the art, but the actual palettes that were in there uh, that you sent over were. I mean, it, it's just. Yeah, I did name some cool. of those. Like they did not have those you names did. before, but like you know, like yes. uh, what is it, Glomer Orange or, or yeah, Eric's Orange I mean, or that, something like that. that made yeah, it a lot easier for me to because I mean I had to name them in swatches anyway, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, it made it a lot easier to just find things rather than just calling them yellow and blue. And <laughs> so, right. I think <laughs> I had like, my my biggest compliment was I showed these to Bob Klein, who is one of the original animators, and who, if he did not exist, this book would have been like you know nine pages. So, <laughs> so glad he was there. And since animation is sort of a young person's game, at least in the seventies, he's not that old now. So it was also not like talking to somebody who is, you know, 93 or whatever. So, uh, but I showed it to him and he's like, these are what they looked like when they were brand new, when they were painted before they, you know, went on screen and then got photographed and then went on TV. And so he's like, this is what it looked like when we had them. You did a really good job of making it look new. So I was just totally thrilled by that. So these are, they look like new animation cells. He said, that is so cool. That's such a great anecdote, Aaron. Thank you for sharing that. I had no idea. Uh, that's really cool. No, I, so, so like I'm, I'm totally amateur hour and I'm sure I'm going to embarrass myself by saying this, but like I've dabbled with Photoshop. Like I understand how to use the eyedropper and pull in different colors and stuff. Right. But I, I, I was always excited. And I remember when I, when we were doing the, um, uh, the Star Trek Discovery um, book, the campaign guide a couple of years ago, I was so excited because I reached out to my contacts in Paramount and said, hey, we need some we need some artwork from the show. Do you have, do you have this map? Do you have this thing? Do you have that thing? Is there anything that you can send us from the production team that we can incorporate into the book somehow? And uh, and they were like, yeah, sure. Here's a bunch. Here's a here's an art dump. Right. They, they sent us like, you know. 600 gigs of uh, random art. <laughs> I'm like 99% of it we couldn't use because it was like, you know, prop shots and prop images and just random swatches. Still, of stuff. that's but, awesome. <laughs> but, but within that archive of stuff was was a really clear, I mean, some artists had taken the time to put together the, the full color swatch list, all the all the colors that they used for the palette for their um for the Discovery's bridge displays, right? The computer screen displays. So they had like the big fancy display and then they had all the colors along the side. And I was like, oh, oh, this is even better than anything else you could have sent me because I can send this to our graphic designer who's trying to figure out what the layout's going to look like. And they were able to incorporate a lot of those colors right into the layout. So like, I mean, as a total layman, like I totally geek out over this stuff. And I'm just glad to hear from Christoph and uh, Aaron that you like, you appreciate this kind of thing too. Oh yeah. Um, so Absolutely, thanks. Absolutely, yeah. Validation. Yeah. <laughs> what I, got is, now I do have friends who are like, why are you yeah. excited about uh, some numbers on a piece of paper that you didn't uh, even win on eBay? I'm like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now now we can actually talk about the supplement. <laughs> we we haven't even about it. I know, no, 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 I know, but we haven't even got into like I I know we're not gonna break it down page by page, but we haven't heard what your favorite, most passionate parts were. And this is for all of you again. Um I, I'm curious from Jim to Christoph, Fred, Aaron, and Aaron, you know, what what of this book was like, oh, this is going in. And what's your connection to that that piece of passion? <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go first just because you, you said me first. But um, I think uh, what what excited me most about I mean, there's so much in this that it got me excited. But what really excited me is that we were developing this like literally as we were putting lower the lower deck supplement to bed, right? We we had just finished all the layout. All, I mean, we would finish. Where were we on that? We had finished the manuscript. We had finished. We were working on the layout. I think. Uh, so the like the the hard work of it was pretty much done, right? Uh, no, actually, we were further along. Sorry. Um, 
lower decks was in layout heading for production anyway um i knew that that i wanted to get even more alien species in here for players to play with right so i wanted to get the the pandronians and i wanted to redo the cations i wanted to rebring in the um the the aurelians and stuff um so i was really really excited because i knew that with the lower decks book coming out and then this one coming out in the same year we were going to be dropping at least 15 new aliens really really alien species for players to play with and really expanding the possibilities because like most of the aliens in this book and in the lower decks book are not really humanoid right they're really different which was super cool um but what i what i was most excited about michael is that we got to bring the philosians into this and and there's a dumb reason but it's a fun reason when i was developing the shackleton experience book three years ago whatever um i was madly riding in the middle of the night working on some of the npcs right some of the main npcs that are in the in the book um were were original to the to the book but we had kind of alluded to them in the in the living campaign right but this the shackleton book was an opportunity to actually bring them into more detail and uh at some point during one of those late nights i threw in an offhand reference to how the the previous security chief on narendra station was killed by an, an inebriated philosian and that stuck in my head for a long time i was like oh what a weird story that must be <laughs> like what could possibly what, what klingon would get killed by a, an angry philosian or, or a drunk awesome. philosian or whatever um but now you can make one right and now you can be in a philosian and now you can reenact that scene from the shackleton expanse so i was just I'd like i brought that little that little that little thing full circle now now i talked about the philosians in the shackleton book and now we got the philosians in the book so that's my little contribution that i was very very proud of so i love that um, now i gotta go back and watch the episode just, <laughs> I, i've restarted watch since this came out I've, i'm on episode yeah. three right now but nice. um, I've, I've restarted watching it cool uh christoph i think i had said your name next what most excited you about this oh okay well, what most excited me about it i'm not sure i really liked the um all the new art Aaron did, obviously, which I already said, but, uh, the, uh, the new life and new civilization section was probably my favorite. It's not long. It's just the, uh, the art for the planets, like the original, uh, I mean, I guess it's, it was upscaled, I assume for, uh, when it was updated, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Something about the way they did, uh, the textures of trees and the, the space specifically, it's because maybe it's just the lack of depth or the color they use. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah. I, yeah, that was my favorite section at least because well, all I the art it. was so cool. Well, I mean, there were a couple, there were a couple of things that y'all did in here too, and, and pointing that out, like Megas 2 and also again, Kokolkan in the lower decks um, book, the supplement. I had actually wrote two second secondary missions based off both of the first animated series. So I don't know if people caught those, but those were the Easter eggs I put in. I put second contact missions based off of the animated series. So it was wonderful to finally be able to like see the planet here in these big descriptions, because if someone plays those out, they'll actually have way more details, background and characters. So I'm glad you pointed that out, Kristoff. Yeah, what about you, Fred? What was something that excited you? Yeah, two things I would point out. These will probably be the things that they put in my obituary someday. I got to write the statistics for Spock 2, the oh, giant yeah. Spock, and for uh, Lucian. And so when I think back to like the craziest stuff that ever happened in the history of Star Trek, I usually think of, you know, there, there was that time that the crew of the Enterprise defended Lucifer in a courtroom. And to me, that's just that is the craziest thing that's ever happened in an episode of Star Trek. And I got to write statistics for for Lucian. And did you do the footnote too? I don't recall what. I, I think that was Aaron. Okay, this is Aaron Hart. You, you did which, the uh, which was what? Which was I know Lucian. It says some Starfleet anthropologists believe the Megans oh, are a proto Q society. That was so cool. I love that. Footnote. If you watch that episode, he snaps his fingers. He put humanity on trial. He, you know, it's it, it feels very Q like. That sounds like Q, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Now he was obsessed with humans. to watch tonight. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, <laughs> so, so that was my kind of like fun idea of like, oh, maybe they're like, you know, how we had the proto Vulcans, like maybe they're proto Q, or they are Q from just a different time period because time isn't linear for them. I love that, and this is so perfect in an RPG. Because anybody can do what they want with it and, yeah. and flesh out there. I love that. Good good catch, Fred. Okay, Aaron and Aaron in whatever order you want. What was your favorite piece? I'll let you guys figure that out. Go ahead, Aaron P. <laughs> um, 
well, my favorite piece was probably probably doing the starships, but specifically Kukulikan's starship. You can see like above me here, the Kukulikan starship. And it's because as, as a kid watching it, I absolutely loved the episode. This idea of a starship making itself look like a dragon to like scare or, or like intimidate and, and why they would do that. Why wouldn't they just come out and say who they were? this ancient kind of species that clearly visited earth prior. I really wanted to write about that and, and try to rationalize all of it. Um, so yeah, I was just really excited to write about Kukulikan. Love it. One of my favorite episodes too. So that was really cool. And Aaron H. I really liked working on the kind of the, uh, Aurelian score unification idea. Uh, basically, it was based off of a conversation I had with Brad Winters and Mike McMahon via Twitter that in one episode, they're like, oh, we have a, an Aurelian in there. I'm like, that's not an Aurelian. It's a score. It's like they're the same character model. I mean, there's slight differences. <laughs> I pointed that. And they're like, well, maybe they unify like the Vulcans or, or the Romulans or something. I was like, oh, OK. And so that I, I use that as just a little little seed to to blow out the story with Eric's doing research on how they came to be unified and at the same time uh, Spock was on Vulcan. So it takes place at during unification parts one and two in TNG. So that mm -hmm. was, that was fun. Mm -hmm. And I also loved um, there's a Cation that's in there. Uh, and I can't, I was tired of reusing Mares over and over and over again. <laughs> so I just made a male Cation. And so I had a lot of fun with that. That's and I, actually, Aaron, you uh, you anticipated my question. Uh, so I know one of our uh, one of our fellow STA writers, uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Goodman. He uh, he got he got his hands on the animated series supplement when it came out. And one of the like within I don't know a couple hours or something, he he texted me. And he said, "I love the Cation on page twenty six, whatever it is with the with the like. What is that character's backstory? I've got to know." <laughs> And I was like, well, Aaron's the one who designed it and, and, and drew it up. So, uh, you know, I, I could ask him sometime, but I, I don't know if that question ever got to you. But like, did you have a backstory for this for this character or did you just like just free draw it and said, oh, that's awesome. I love it. Like, what's the what's the story? I actually do have a backstory. I didn't design the character like uh -huh. visually to match the backstory. But in the Alan Dean Foster novelizations of the show, there is a scene on Kate, occasion, Kate. I think I the whatever the Cation's home planet uh, where Mares is talking with her mother and her mother is just like very upset that she's leaving to go join Starfleet. And she blames that boy Verone. And it was just like, it's like, no, mom, I convinced him to go to Starfleet or something like that. So the idea was, so this is like basically her neighbor or something like that. One of her friends from school. So that was the kind of the idea is that this is just somebody who's kind of related to her, but just by, by friendship. Hmm. I love that. Thank you for that. You know how many people are going to bounce off that. We'll be hearing it about on social media, all their stories soon. Were they dating? We don't know. They could have been. It's kind of implied by the mom. Science or medicine? Science or medicine? Hmm? Is he science or medicine? Oh, he is. Uh, so, so, <clears throat> excuse me, science. Science. Okay. Nice. All right. All right. Yeah. That's awesome. I had one with there a tricorder on it and I didn't, didn't forgot. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. Yep. So there, there, there you go, Patrick, right from the source. There's, there's your backstory on the, uh, on the occasion. So uh, have, have at it. <laughs> Very cool. Super cool. And then, and then I was noticing already today on drive through RPG, it's still in the top 20. So it seems like people are really eating this up. We're seeing a lot of good reaction on social media for it. Um, so Jim, chances of a, su a supplement. A supplement for the supplement. <laughs> <laughs> Since they uh, brought it up. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, we'd have I'd probably have to I'd have to go watch the whole series from beginning to end again and just figure out like what what did we miss that uh we've gotta gotta do and uh I'm not even sure what that looks like. So <laughs> I think I think uh probably not, but I would love to find ways to get more animated series stuff into our future books, right? Just even if it's just a reference here and there. Um, or or a screenshot or or just you know maybe some original art maybe maybe I'll reach out to Aaron H and uh, commission some new stuff and uh, and fold it in. <laughs> cool. Um, but no, I think uh, I think we we did our best effort to get as much as we could into this one. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, like so many of our projects, right? Like we have to we have to stop at a certain point and say, okay, we we can't do anymore. And I know we did it with Shackleton, and we did it with uh, Utopia Planitia, and we did it with uh, Mumble Mumble. 
that we can't talk about yet. But I mean, there's a certain point that there's only so much. So oh, there's only so many pages that you can fit into a book that you got to stop at some point and move on. Yeah, wonderful. You do like right. little mission parameters or something like that, I suppose. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Now, an animated an animated series mission brief would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd have to I'd, I'd love to think about doing something like that. OK, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. That's what we do. We talk to people, pick it up. TAS. I mean, again, I I just love people always dumping their their uh, fan fiction over on Continuing Mission. Seeing these every time a supplement comes out, I can't wait to see these. I love people doing art. I've been seeing people do art, you know, uh, TAS um, era art, and so this is very inspiring Ooh, cool. for that. And then and then again, can you talk to us, Aaron? I'm going to ask you to plug yourself and plug your book from 2019. Tell us about it and where people can get it. Uh, well, they actually, this would be the first people to know this. It's been reprinted. Ooh. I'm very excited because right. there aren't a lot of Star Trek books that get reprinted. So, right. um, so there is this book. So, it, yeah. but in the upper left hand or up here in this corner is the 50th anniversary TAS logo. So if you oh, see that, right. you'll know that that's the, the reprint, okay. which we also got to fix a couple little typos that, uh, shouldn't have got in there like the copywriter being misspelled <laughs> her name yeah so, <laughs> little tweaks right. like that which i'm very happy to do um mm -hmm. and we're hoping if there is a third printing which they said might be a possibility i don't know if that means they just printed very few for the second run or um we would like to add in prodigy and lower decks into the back of the book oh and, like, yeah figure out how we can move around some stuff without changing the page uh numbers so mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so you can find that. Uh, I do a weekly podcast called Drawn to Trek, which is about Star Trek animation. And we're currently going through this, the new uh, episode, a new season of Lower Decks, season four, which we're already halfway through. It's crazy. Um, oh, and I'll look that up. That's awesome. Yeah. And I occasionally do also do some uh, Star Trek uh, comic book covers. So there's one. I did one for uh, Star Trek Picard and that uh, the, the Picard Starfleet whatever it's like but it's like the last episode issue so i think it's like sometime in april of next year i don't know there's like it's it'll be a while before it comes out but it's very that's exciting awesome. it was that was a lot of fun um so yeah so that's that's kind of what that's that's my thing no this is great i mean what it, we, again last time when we had uh jackson lands and colin kelly and fred on talking about idw <clears throat> it was the same oh, thing yeah. it's wonderful what's being attracted into the rpg space right now and i know jim is uh constantly making those calls uh, to to get more people involved, so it's welcome to the family. Yeah, and and, and I, I got, we got so lucky that we were able, that that we reached out to you at just the right time where you were you had the bandwidth to actually make yeah. it happen. So I just like we were charmed on this one, and I also I want to we didn't really talk about it, but I want to give her because I'm seeing you face to face, and Christoph, I see you on screen. I can't see you face to face, but I want to give a really special thank you to Aaron Harvey and to Christoph uh, because. This is one of the few, very few products that went right down to the wire. We were, we were waiting for final Paramount approval on the cover um, and, and just a couple of little tweaks. And, and like we were waiting because we were going to release it on that, whatever that Friday was. And that Monday was a holiday. So like everybody was out for holiday. Right. Like the time to get it done was compressing and compressing and compressing. It's like, oh shoot, we're not gonna make it. Um and they tell uh, the story about why the last minute. <laughs> my, my, uh, sure, go ahead. Okay, so we basically had the 50th anniversary logo that they had designed before John Van Sitters and I stepped in and said, no, this is not good. <laughs> this is like nobody can tell that this is about the animated series. It was like it was overly done and it was back with the title of it's like Star Trek, the animated series, the animated adventures of Gene Roddenberry's Star Trek or something like that, which is this weird like word salad of of a title so we you know they went back and did it and changed it and i in the meantime had also done a logo for the show the show's never had a consistent logo because it was just star trek when it was on originally so we did something with it says the animated series underneath using the same title or the uh, font as in the titles of the episodes so when you mm -hmm. see them going over that green planet so it's it's done in that. And so we wanted to get the right logo in there. And I it was frustrating because nobody was listening to the style guide that I had just finished. And it was like, somebody please follow this thing. I spent three months doing this. Um, so that that's when I asked, like, Jim, I'm like, can we put the the correct logo on the cover? It's like, you know, if, if we couldn't, it wouldn't have been the end of the world because it was PDF. We could have updated it later. But so we we kind of were down to the wire of, of Paramount saying, yeah, that's 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 approved. So mm -hmm. 
yeah like, we could have gone with the other logo but like i yeah. wanted to try to get it right the first time so that we didn't have to send out another pdf refresh um but i just wanted to make sure that both christoph and aaron that you both know how much i appreciate all the hard work you put into it at the very, very last minute. Cause I know like uh, Aaron and I were rap- rapidly chatting back and forth on Facebook and on, on email, like, Oh, we're going to get this done. We're going to get this done. Mm-hmm. And then Christoph, I know I was going back and forth with you on the Monday boards over in was <laughs> like, yep, wait, we got to fix yep. this. We got to fix this. Hold, hold on. Yeah, we got to fix this. And we're standing by a lot of rapid fire messages. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I'm, I, I'm grateful. Cause if I remember right, Christoph, you're on the East coast, right? Yes. Yeah, ah. so I'm on the East Coast, you're on the East Coast. Yep. So fortunately, we didn't have that five-hour gap. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's a yeah, normal I, time I for me. I'll just do it. <laughs> well, well, just remember, Christoph, it wouldn't be a TAS supplement guide without some sort of graphical mistakes. Just don't, yeah, don't look too closely. It's fine. It's, I'm sure <laughs> just don't, like, don't zoom in, like, above 110%. You're not going to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. All, all that being said, just uh, we were we we were charmed on this one, and I'm grateful for everybody uh, who was involved in it. Everybody on this call, and then you know Charlie and Virginia and the rest of the team in Midifius, and the the approvals teams at Paramount, everybody else, and of course all the original. I'm getting into gratitude, Michael. I didn't mean to jump. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we've been going an hour set now i'll do do something i'll do my gratitude let's go to gratitude let's do it Um, and then so thanks to everybody on the call thanks to aaron thanks to christoph thanks to all the original people who worked on the show in the first place who gave us such an amazing fourth season of star trek uh that we didn't think we would get and we got it in an animated format it was so cool uh so just grateful for all of them so um uh, michael we should do you last for gratitude so um aaron uh, paulier what, what, what is your gratitude for tonight um all a new game store opened my town that i really i oh. i've been enjoying like visiting and that's hoplite games in lansing so i'd like to give them a gratitude for entering the business exactly Great name. so happy to hear something opening mm-hmm Great name too, uh, Christoph. Uh, we, we we close off every episode with uh, with some gratitude. You can thank anybody you want to thank, but uh, anyone in particular you'd like to thank uh, for uh, for tonight. Uh, for tonight, uh, my grandmother just went uh, got home from the hospital, so I guess the doctors. Yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, that's nothing wrong with that. Best wishes for good health. Absolutely, uh, Fred. What's your gratitude for tonight? Yeah, uh, well, of course, grateful to Jim and Michael for having me on tonight. Grateful. um, You know what? I am grateful that there is new Star Trek being produced. Uh, We're still getting new episodes on a weekly basis with with lower decks. I've I've said this before. I've probably said a thousand times. I will never, ever take for granted new Star Trek after that, that drought we went through after Enterprise went off the air. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we are in such a golden age right now. And uh, like, we're just blessed to have so much great Star Trek content coming up. Uh, thanks. Uh, and thanks for being here. I always appreciate you, Fred. Uh, Aaron Harvey, what's your uh, gratitude for, for for us to share? I I am just thankful that I was able to be on this project. It was literally my favorite 50th anniversary thing that we did. It felt like it was the most true to the original series or the, the, the TAS. Um, and just that I, I really appreciate everybody on the team. You know, so I was a little bit new to some of this. So you you put up with my, my frantic like, oh, no, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, but uh, yeah, no, thank you. I just just thank you so much for that, because it, there there were other things that I did that did not go as smoothly or as fun. Mm. So. Mm, I'm grateful you're here. And uh, I, I knew it would all work out. Like, you know, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. I knew it would all get there. So it all worked out. So uh, all, all good. I'm so happy. Um, Michael, uh, close this off here. What's your gratitude, sir? Well, well, first of all, I just noticed that Aaron behind him has a glomer on top of the Starfleet <laughs> thing. So so thank you for that. A glom- <laughs> <laughs> My friend made this for me. It's a stock oh. and a life support belt. So it, oh, I love it. it glows. <laughs> glows. That's perfect. Is I didn't that a flush glomer? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. they make glomers. They did uh, like 10 years ago, maybe. I think you can uh. get them used. They also have like inside, there's a pink tribble. Oh, no. oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so I need jealous. that. Okay, good. I'm on the search. Okay. I'm on yeah, the search for a glomer. On eBay or, I think I saw oh, one okay. new on Amazon not that long ago. Well, so maybe they're remaking them. That goes with my gratitude then. So for both Christoph as a designer, Aaron, you know, as an artist, um, I, I've said it before on the show. I'm going to say it again. Thank you for the designers and artists. Um, when I pick up these books, the first thing I do is go through and just look at the art and the design on them. 
before I even go reading them. And after I read them, I go back and I look at the art one more time. And there's not a time in conversations like this where I don't pick up something where Christoph or Aaron, you inform us of something you did. And these books are art pieces. These PDFs are art pieces um, that really celebrate and honor Star Trek. So, so my thank you goes out to all those designers and artists out there who take the time to do this. Uh, and no matter the form and fashion either, I love amateur art. I love looking at what we get on social media because um, it shows passion. But again, it's a lot of hard work. We know uh, a lot of you open yourselves up to a lot of criticism and, and Trekkie fandom and stuff like that. So you're brave and, and courageous and putting it out there, too. Um, so really, my thank you is all to artists and designers. And with that, I-D-I-C. Live long and prosper. Be safe. Be well. Thank you all, everybody. Really appreciate you being on the show. And thanks for watching. Uh, We'll talk to you all next time.